it's going to be really weird starting with the fact that Matthew Perry died. Matthew Perry, I feel like it's more respectable if we call him by his real name. And that's Chandler Bing. Now, I was at Rosenthal Rosenthal's Winery last last Saturday. So I'm recording this Sunday, November 5th. So this is probably two Saturdays ago when he passed away. I was at Rosenthal's Winery in Malibu. For any LA natives or locals or people that are visiting, this is a winery out in Malibu. But it's not really a winery. It's kind of like a, a beer garden-esque. And we had a lot of friends coming to town. So we were out there hanging out and then... Just like you find out about anyone else dying, you get some text messages, everyone's phone kind of starts blowing up a little bit uh, because everyone just kind of shares the news really fast, right? Someone either finds out from Twitter, duh, another friend, and then it just spreads like wildfire. We find out right there and then, and it it's a weird feeling, right? Where it's just like, oh shit, you're in initial shock because you're just like, there's no way this guy died. And he was only 54 only 54 and you know we from recent interviews we knew that he was kind of off of drugs living clean living a better life quote unquote so then it's kind of strange to hear like if the dude was 90 like when the queen died right i was like oh i didn't even know she was still alive in this case it's like damn a fool died at 54 and then even the crazier part was that we started hearing the helicopters above us because his house is not too far from malibu he was found dead in his hot tub. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go into the details too much because a lot of you have probably already heard and already read up on it. I thought it was really weird that it was like, oh shit, he was just found in his hot tub dead, no drugs in his system, nothing else there. I guess it was something to do with a cardiac arrest or something related. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to my diagnosis. Now, I was a big Friends fan massive and i know a lot of people are like oh you know like that show is overrated it's really not that funny it's just a bunch of white people laughing blah 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 you haters gotta stop stop talking shit about that show stop talking like how i met your mother is better than that show or the office is better than that show no matter how great how i met your mother oh sorry fuck how i met your mother no matter how great the office might be friends is still better Friends is so good. I used to walk into a locker room, my teammates, and they would be watching SpongeBob. Luckily, I was older than them and I was captain. I wasn't the best player, but I was still captain. And I would literally change that TV channel to be on Friends. And people would be like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this white shit? But that's how much I liked Friends. I would literally go into that locker room and turn that on. That was, I had confidence there. I, I never shot the ball. I didn't play, I, I played much, but I didn't really shoot much because I, I didn't have that kind of confidence. But when it came to turning friends on in the locker room, that's where I had the confidence. And once again, right, like everyone on that show, everyone on that show is so iconic that when you see them in other roles, you can't help but think about their OG role in friends, right? When you see the most popular of them all probably jennifer aniston when you see her in anything else it's like your head reverts your mind reverts back to uh rachel green monica oh my god courtney cox has been in so many things since friends nothing's really taken off nothing's really done that great because of how iconic that show is joey who else ross phoebe they've done small roles not even small roles. They've done big roles. They've even done sitcoms that might still be on air. 
but you don't care because that show was that iconic. Now, even though he was known best for his role on Friends as Chandler Bing, he did a handful of movies after that. Most notably, the one that I know that I thought was relatively funny was um, 17 Again with, with oh, what's his name? The swole dude from High School Musical. He went on to Baywatch. Zac Efron. A decently popular movie. But after that, you know, no one really talks about that movie. No one heard that, oh, how do you explain who Matthew Perry is? Oh, he's that guy that was in 17 Again. What the fuck is that movie? I think I'm cursing too much in the first couple of minutes of this show, so let me pull back on that. I apologize for the listeners. Um, but all of this just to say, like, that fool was pretty iconic. Also, I'm not wearing all black because of his death. This is just a coincidence. Don't dig into that too much. Where I wanted to go with this actually was a broader concept, which is being jaded to death. And I don't know when it started for me. I don't know whether it's just older age, even though I'm. 29 but when you hear about death nowadays whether it's the queen matthew perry any other celebrity even people in your family maybe not direct family but extended family it almost has lost its impact and i might be you know going out on a ledge here and pretty much just calling myself a psychopath but i don't know what it's been like I said, we were at that winery and we heard about the death and within two seconds, we were taking a selfie. And I was like, oh, is this to like commemorate like, oh, we were all together at this moment for when we heard about this person die. But in reality, it was just a smiling selfie. Just like a, hey, we're having a good time kind of thing. And we just heard about this dude that we all watched growing up. Most of us watched growing up die. And I brought this up when we took the picture because it was just like, wow, you know, like, is this a normal thing to do where you just hear about someone's death and then you take a selfie? And my friends, you know, kind of shed a good light on it. Um, I think I've mentioned them before, Neha and Akash, where they work in the medical field. So they see a lot of death, unfortunately, right? Um, so for them to be jaded to it, I understand. I don't think that's crazy. I think doctors handle death much more differently than the average human being. So let's call myself the average human being. Why am I jaded to death at this point? When I would hear about people passing away in college and, you know, years after college, and I never reacted, I always tied it back to seeing a lot of death in my middle school years. I had friends that committed suicide, not multiple. I had a friend that committed suicide, a friend that got shot, a friend that died of um, a, that died in her sleep. Horrific things and absolutely tragic. And talk about being young when you die. That was young. That was impactful. So I always tied me being jaded at you know the high school, college, a little bit after that years. So up to maybe twenty four. Tied to that, where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not reacting the same as other people because I have been exposed to death already to a certain frequency. Probably not a healthy thing, probably things that people go to therapy for. Uh, but now it's like death doesn't happen around me that frequently. I haven't had, let me knock on wood before I start, people start dropping dead. I haven't had a lot of death around me personally, but I am still jaded to when I find out about people passing. 
and I was wondering, and I, and this might be like a hail mary here, right? This might be a long shot that I'm just absolutely way off here, but I wanted to tie it back to how much we see death in the news, in mainstream media, in social media, which is mainstream media, and how we just see it every day, right? Like in 2020, we were literally locked in our houses, and every day. You would open up your computer, you would turn on the TV because what else are you doing? You're on your phone. There's 3,000 more cases and 500 people died yesterday. And that would go on for about three months on end where it's like, oh yeah, today 100 people died. We're making progress. What? That's how normal it was. That's how normalized it was for people that just passed away that we would just report on it like a number, a statistic. I had a family member passed away on the older side, so much more um, prone to the risks and the downsides of what COVID did. I had a lot of family members that got COVID but survived, but more on the younger side. And when that happened, once again, when I didn't feel anything, it was like, oh, okay. Like, I know I'm supposed to be sad, but I'm not reacting in the same manner that in my head, I think I'm supposed to be reacting. Am I supposed to be crying? Am I supposed to be bawling out? Am I supposed to be, am I supposed to be, what is it, mourning? What am I supposed to be feeling right now? Why do I feel so jaded to finding out someone just died? And then that went on, right? Even past COVID, we get into things like school shootings, which I know, yes, school shootings and shootings in general existed before COVID, but now they're just, I feel, in my opinion, they are more socialized, right? People repost the the articles, people retweet the events, and you see it much more frequent on your timeline or whatever you're using to uh, obtain news. And it's a crazy concept where you have seen so much death on your timeline, right? Like growing up, I remember I would see the news and it would be like, yeah, this person died in a drive-by. This person got, their house got robbed and they died. You'd hear about maybe one or two, three, on a crazy day, five people dying on the news. Now, if you open up your Instagram story, you will see something about what's happening overseas or something in the country that there has been at least five, 10, 15, 20. Let's go upwards to 50, 100 deaths on your timeline. And that is wild. And now before people come at me and be like, oh, shit, who the hell are you following? Why are so many people dying in your circle? Cut it out. Just because you don't see this shit doesn't mean it's not out there. And if you don't see this shit, even better for you. Because I think it's done an actual number. I think it's had an actual impact to people my age, older. I remember talking to my sister about this because when that family member that died um, from COVID years ago happened, I remember talking to her and just being like, Am, I feel like I'm reacting incorrectly. I don't feel angry. I don't feel sad per se. I get sad when I see my family members reacting, right? So when I saw my mom crying, I felt sad. But I didn't feel sad at the news that this family member passed away. The last time I think I reacted to someone dying was when Kobe Bryant died. That will go down as the saddest day for all men in history. I don't care what anyone says, whoever tries to disprove that, you're incorrect. It was the most tragic thing. 
ever since then, every single celebrity I've heard that passed away, it catches me by surprise, right? When uh, I forgot who was the member of the Migos passed away in Houston recently. I didn't feel sad. It caught me by surprise because it's like, oh, shit. But that sadness wasn't there. And I don't know whether it's like the sadness only comes with people that you're close to, right? So if a close friend or a close family member dies, that's when sadness kicks in. But I do remember feeling sad at deaths in the past. All of this darkness to basically say, I think we've become so jaded to death in general that it will probably lead to maybe some negative side effects mentally, mental health-wise. What those are, I have no idea. But that is my general assumption. That is my theory. Hopefully it doesn't prove to be true, but that's just something I wanted to talk about. On a brighter note, welcome to episode 13 of the Ajay Patel Show. My name is Ajay Patel, and sorry to start off so dark, but we're back again. Last week was Halloween weekend. Uh, we didn't really go out. We had, like I just mentioned, we had some friends that came over, and we honestly just hung out at home. We literally bought a bunch of onesies of different animals on Thursday, wore them on Saturday night, wore them one more time for our apartment building here. Uh, they had like a little party, get together, cool little thing. And then after that, it's like, all right, this is done. We didn't go out, right? Because it's just like, the the popular weekends is the weekends I hate going out, which is Halloween, 4th of July, New Year's. You will never see me out on New Year's anymore. And I don't even know what else there is. I guess your birthday, but that doesn't align with anything else. So didn't really do anything eventful, but I will say, finally, I redeemed myself for how bad I've been in Halloween in the past by putting on a onesie, which I think I will now do on an annual basis because... It's the easiest option. You can return that bitch because you know someone else wore that shit before you based on the shit you find in the pockets and stuff. And so it's just an easy process. In addition to Halloween last week, we also had the Texas Rangers, which is the baseball team. Well, in Texas, if you couldn't guess, <laughs> they won the World Series. One second. <clears throat> uh, sorry. They won the World Series. Now, look, before you skip over this part because you don't care about baseball, I don't either. I do not care at all. But anytime a Texas slash Dallas sport gets this far or even gets to the finals, maybe even like a couple rounds before the finals, I tune in. Hockey, baseball, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. I tune in. The reason I tuned in this year was just because we were playing the Astros. And anybody in Dallas, the one thing they love more than Kobe Bryant is beating Houston in any sport. It could be checkers, chess, basketball, spike ball. It does not matter. It's just a random pride. Does it add any value to my life? Nope. But it's just the thing. I don't know how we've come to this toxic relationship in sports, but it is what it is, and I'm here for it. So when we were playing Houston, who is known to be a very good team in the last decade, I, I thought we I thought we were done. But somehow we pulled it out, and then we go to the finals. Apparently, it was like the least watched uh, World Series ever. But I tuned in for a couple of games. It's a slow, slow watch. I don't understand how people invest that much time into watching baseball. 
I think it's cool if you go to the game because it's like, oh, you can just kind of start having a good time, right? You can get the the dirty nachos. You can get a beer. You can hang out outside, right? It's a vibe. But watching it at home, bro, cut that out. I, I'd rather just refresh my ESPN app and just see what happens. And then before you know it, we want the team's first World Series win. And then apparently the parade happened this past Friday. Something I thought I would want to go to or have kind of a feeling of like, damn, I missed out on this parade because the last time I've been to a parade was the Mavericks parade, which is in 2011. I couldn't, I couldn't even drink back then. So the parades are a rare thing <laughs> for the Dallas community. But then I saw snaps and I saw kind of uh, different reports and just friends that went that it was kind of lackluster. In addition to that, I don't know a single player on that team. People would have been driving by in those cars and I would have had no clue who anyone was. The only thing we cared about or the only thing I cared about, and I know it's similar for a lot of other people that were rooting for the Rangers, was that we beat Houston. For the last three to four years now, I've been lucky enough to be an Express Ambassador. For those that follow me on Instagram, you know that I am not actually trolling when I post all those pictures with wearing Express and hashtagging Express Men, Express Partner, all that stuff. I have been legitimately sponsored by Express for the last four years. I love Express. I grew up wearing that shit. I still wear it. It's perfect for slim, tall people like myself. Maybe not as slim anymore, but the clothes still fit right. A lot of people hate it for the big lines on the polos and stuff like that, but ignore them. That shit is gone now. This shit is sleek, cool, affordable, and, and most importantly, a lot of you just need to get some bigger shirts. I've been seeing those mediums squeeze the living breath out of y'all. Time to upgrade to a large, and if you are large, upgrade that shit to an XL. Stop wearing those baby-ass shirts. So right now on the site, there is a promo for 30 to 50% off. Go there now. Get those bigger shirts. In addition to that, you can help me out by going to my commissionable link. I will add it in the show notes. Uh, Express.com, Expressmen, get you right. Also, another thing I'm not sponsored by, but I have become a huge fan of, and I just made... It's one of those like adult purchases, like when you buy a new cast iron pan or you buy a, a new rug for the house. You know, one of those weird purchases where it's like, ooh, I get to play with this. Maybe not a rug so much, but the cast iron pan. And so, damn, can I even squeeze it into this frame? Let me get it real quick. I bought this lovely, I don't even know if I can even fit it into the frame. Bought this lovely checked bag, checked medium. I've been lucky enough to be gifted two away suitcases in the past, one being a bag from my friend, one being a carry-on suitcase from my mom. So this one was my first away purchase, a huge fan of the brand. Um, it's just one of those suitcases that lasts forever. All right, into our main headline this week is WeWork files for bankruptcy. If you don't know what WeWork is, is they're basically like a shared office space. Uh, got really popular over probably 2017 onwards of 2020 2020 probably being the downfall with COVID and whatnot but there's a pretty cool tv show on hulu starring jared leto and my favorite anne hathaway it, it does obviously it's a dramatization of what actually happened but we work was pretty much known for getting big leasing spaces in very popular buildings in very popular areas where they would get these popular leases. People of all ages would go here. And it was a shared workspace, right? I would pay $20 and I would get to enter the space, free coffee. There's a kitchen. I could store my lunch if I wanted to. 
I could uh, make food if I wanted to, right? There's a microwave, there's like a little cafe that I can buy ch chocolate bars, energy drinks, all of that stuff, right? So they simulate almost an office vibe for people that, let's say people that work from home and want somewhere to actually physically work, work. It was an amazing thing. I am actually a huge fan of WeWork. My only issue is, is it's pretty expensive. When I looked into getting the monthly membership after COVID ended and my company said that, okay, we're not bringing back the office at all, it's $300 a month. That's more than an Equinox membership. And like, like that's the top tier Equinox membership. And, and all you get is the shared workspace side of things, right? Sure, sure. You, Yeah, there's probably some more benefits on top of that, but $300 is way too much. If I go right now, and I probably shouldn't give out my location, but the nearest we work to me is $50 a day. That is not sustainable. Unless your company is paying for this shit, there is no reason you would do that. Unless you're out of town, right? Like, so I remember we went to San Francisco for one of Isha's uh, work conferences and she had to go into the office and I didn't want to just work from the hotel room, that dark ass room. So I found a nearby WeWork, paid the 50 bucks, went there, got a lot of shit done. And that's what they're there for, right? It's just like people don't like working out at home, there exists a gym. People don't like working from home, there exists these shared workspaces. WeWork being one of the biggest players. The issue is, is people don't go into that shit anymore. Either people have started going back into their actual offices or the world of just working from home and abusing those benefits and not even the benefits, but just the lifestyle overall, which I guess is a benefit, truncates all of the shit that WeWork has done. Now, if you go into a WeWork, it's a super nice space. They have poured money into this shit. The funniest thing to me is that all of the chairs at a WeWork have low backs, right? So all of the chairs will come up to maybe your mid back and you'll have some back problems after a while. But that's kind of to simulate you getting up like, okay, I need to walk around. Maybe I'll go to the kitchen and talk to someone. And that's what they their intention was, where it's like, okay, we're going to build a community where people are meeting each other, people are networking, people can focus on their own work. They can actually even get their own office spaces or conference rooms to do presentations, whatever it is. The issue still being they spend way more than they make. They filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now there's two bankruptcies, two bankruptcies that I am aware of being seven and 11. 11 being the good one. In seven, you have to start selling off shit, right? So WeWork would have to start selling off uh, leases that they have, maybe all of the other assets that they have. I don't know that much about WeWork, but that is what chapter seven bankruptcy looks like. After chapter seven happens, I'm pretty sure standing back up is much harder than expected. I'm not sure if American Airlines went through chapter seven or 11, um, but chapter 11 is more so of consolidation of debts. So what we'll see here is probably someone come in and, and I actually got a lot of insights from the All In podcast that came in that released a couple of days ago, where they talk about some private equity equity company could just come in, restructure the debts, and then be spending a lot less. So now they're making probably the same amount of money, maybe even more. And then you have a company that's a little bit more balanced. Their stock right now, I think is at 80 cents. 80 cents on the dollar. The high was maybe three to 400. Now, look, I am no financial advisor. 
So do not listen to me when I say this shit. But I'm getting in this. I like WeWork personally, and I have a belief that it'll work. But let me tell you, my track record is not good. I was someone that bought in for Peloton. Now, I don't know if you've looked at Peloton stock recently, but that shit is bleeding. Bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. I, I bought in when that treadmill killed a kid. And a lot of times when things like that happen and or there's like recalls for certain products for a company, stock drops because it's like belief in the company drops. And I bought in because I was like, I still think this shit is the thing. I think this is not a workout gear, but it's mo almost more of like a centerpiece in your home, right? That Like that black bike and tre the treadmill is a little uglier, but the bike was almost like a piece like, oh shit, you have a Peloton in your house? That's so cool. Can, can I use it? I bought in at maybe when it was at $80 and that shit is now at probably like $4. That was my worst performing. That was the one thing that I was like, this shit isn't for me. I'm not made to be in the stock market like this. But the popular saying, shoot or shoot. And if you don't know what that means, go look it up. But I'm buying this WeWork stock. Last topic today we got is Chris Brown one more time. Um, I know I said I was going to release like videos leading up to the new album, which comes out on the 11th. But I thought it would just be better if I just have one segment here and maybe chop that up and put it on socials, whatever it is. But just to reiterate, Chris Brown has an album coming out on the 11th of this month, which is supposed to signify, uh, not signify anything, but it's called 1111 because it is, it is his 11th solo album. Now, if I were to guess, will the album be lackluster or a banger? I'm not really sure. Chris Brown albums for me have varied over the years. I will say prime time was college time just because of, I guess, music in general in college is just so much more digestible, right? Because you're listening to it more, you're hearing it when you're out. You just so much more life experience tied to it versus now it's like, okay, hey, let's go for a, a long drive just to listen to this album. Let me go work out to this music. Like there's different instances of how you ingest this music now, which almost kind of just hurts the hurts the taste to it, as weird as that sounds. In addition to that, I know it sucks to say this, but I think projects are just not as great. Like we just talked about that Drake album. I think Quavo, I think Quavo just had a new album and it didn't perform too well. And there was an interview with him and he was talking about like, oh, well, you know, like this is the music business now, like, because of streaming this is how it's hurt like performance of albums and whatnot and to me it's like or sometimes these albums just aren't that great look at chance the rapper that man has fallen off a cliff so hard this man was probably one of the most raved about artists when i was in college and for probably and for good reason i was a big fan but after that i think that that the big day album where he had that cd in his hand as the album cover that shit was ass. Ever since then, he could not get back on his feet. And just some insight for people that don't know the music industry as well, and I'm no expert, just to put that out there, same thing with stocks, same thing with death and mental health. Look, this is just what I know. But the way the music industry was set up was you would get these deals from big companies, they would put all this money into you, and essentially there would be more checks and thresholds and things that you would have to check off before you release an album. 
Now in the world of more independent music, right? So if I'm an independent artist, I don't need to get my album approved by anyone. I can have a personal opinion of like, oh, okay, I think this is good and just release it. And so then when there's only one person's opinion about it and it goes out to the public and they don't like it, it's probably for a good reason. It's probably because like, hey, this might have sounded good to you and I get it. I'm pro independent artists and all that stuff. But it's just a different world now where independent artistry has more room for error. Does that mean it's not as good as the old albums that used to come out? It's probably true. But even then, right, like there can still be good projects that come out. Look at the Taylor Swift album. People went crazy for that shit. I'm just not a Taylor Swift fan, so I didn't know what to base it off of, right? Like I listened to the album, I'm like, ah, you know? But at the same time, I don't know her discography. I don't know her work. I don't know what I'm, I should be expecting. For Chris Brown though, for Chris Breezy though, I know that shit like the back of my hand. I just spent the last five minutes going through all of Chris Brown's albums and ranking them gold, silver, or bronze for a little ranking system. I'll probably just put that in a separate video because that bit was kind of long and just pointless if you don't really care about it. But overall, going back to the point of like, these albums used to come out every other year. So now in the trend of like, they have to come out every year, not have to, but relatively have to, if you want to stay relevant, piggybacking off of the, you know, the fall of Chance the Rapper, he just didn't last long enough. Pause. And I feel like if you can last a certain duration, even your subpar projects will still be applauded. People will still listen. People will still come back even after a failed project. So like, let's say the last Drake album was a failed project. People will still come back to the next one. Beyonce's last album, maybe not the greatest album, but people will still come back because there's that loyal fan base. Quavo, solo Quavo, I'm not too sure about. Because outside of any tracks that you can name by just Amigos, it's tough to get to five for just his solo tracks. Look at the Kanye trend, right? As much as people hate him in the public eye just because of how he says some outlandish shit, I will always be excited for new Kanye news. And I think there's supposed to be an album coming. And am I excited? You are damn right. Chris Brown just happens to be my favorite artist. People have a big issue with that, but it's like, sorry, bro. It, it just is what it is, man. So even though his last project, which was Breezy, wasn't the greatest and wasn't much of a repeated listen for me, I'm still looking forward to this next album. With that being said, I'm going to bring this to a close because I got to start cooking for our Friendsgiving dinner. Uh, Friendsgiving just being myself and Isha, we normally do these holiday parties where it's like we want to celebrate and we want to do the whole cooking and hosting thing. But it just becomes a lot of energy when you start inviting multiple people. So tonight we're doing Friendsgiving, even though Thanksgiving is a couple weeks away. Uh, we just have a bunch of weddings coming up. And so hopefully I'll give you guys some recap about that stuff. With that being said, don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, share with a friend, uh, share it on your story. I don't know. Show some love. It is all greatly appreciated. And I will see you guys all next week. And goodbye.